Listening to the SDSU Football Podcast, presented by the East Village Times, with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the SDSU Football Podcast. I am Andre Hagverdian, joined by Paul Garrison. What's up, Paul? What's going on, Andre? I'll be honest with you, man. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit sad. I'm a little bit sad. My uh, my sons it's international sunday and my sons are not with me mm. so i'm i'm kind of bumming a little bit they're on a little uh trip to my wife's uncle in michigan um and so it's international sunday but i am sonless but i'm good man what wasn't it a daughter's day like yesterday or the day before man these things come like forever like like there's like bacon day and then there's like you know chimpanzee day and then there's all these random made up days oh it's completely made up but somehow the 28th of september has become sunday and you know i don't get to post any like fresh stuff on social media about my boys um so i'm a little bit you know not a little bit perfect but i'm feeling good man how are you i'm good it's it's a busy time i'm back from tucson and then heading to Washington D.C. all of next week for, uh, you know, business travel for my day job. So uh, I'm kind of sick of airplanes right now after <laughs> Salt Lake City and uh, Tucson. But at least those are short flights. D.C. is not a short flight, so we'll see. I'm looking forward to after D.C. I don't really have any flights for like two months. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> getting on topic here on topic uh, on topic san diego state have a big game against boise state on friday night to start conference play but they uh played toledo last saturday they beat toledo 17 to 14 to even up their record at two and two the defense played really well the offense uh did not uh, <laughs> i haven't heard where have i heard this before <laughs> downright ugly uh right. pretty yep. much for 57 minutes yep what were your? You were in the press box. Uh, I was. What were, main, what were your main takeaways from this performance? Main takeaways. Well, I, I think number one, it it would have been really hard to see that Toledo's a good football team, or at least is expected to be a good football team. I mean, I, I would, I would, if I'm covering Toledo, I'm saying like, who are we? Right? We haven't really. They, they Toledo didn't play anyone in the first two weeks you don't feel bad about not being able to stack up with ohio state then you come and play san diego state that's reeling you understand reeling at one and two you 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 face an offense that is wildly inept you face you know and you lose and the reality is if the offense was even even remotely close to to a division one offense of what they should be Toledo gets blown out. I mean, anytime you turn the ball over four times, anytime that you don't, you know, win field position at all, you get blown out. So the fact that they were even in the game is something, but that to me is the takeaway because I expect Toledo to be good. I think that when things are all, you know, when everything's said and done, I think Toledo is going to be fighting for the championship of their conference. Um, And so I, I, I think that my main takeaway is that San Diego state has the opportunity to win the mountain West championship. Um, if they can just improve a little bit because the defense is rounding into shape beyond terrific played their best game of the season. 
if they can continue that and get a little bit better offensively, not 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 leaps and bounds, you know, just a little bit better, convert some for third downs, things of that nature. Th- this team has a chance to do damage in the in the conference season. I did. I loved what I saw from the defense throughout this game. I know they gave up two touchdowns at the end, but that was probably more of just momentum and wearing down from having to being having to be on the field for so long. You know, it's just inevitable that a, a team as talented or with some talented players as Toledo was going to figure it out. It just kind of snowballed into, you know, first down after first down, touchdown, then a quick three and out by the offense and then back at it. Right. I mean, the offense, as, as we said, was was really bad. I mean, it was bad the first three weeks of absent the running game against Idaho State. But I mean, six completions for 11 yards, that is not a good average of uh, yards <laughs> per completion. Right. Mark, I think Mark Redman had four catches for 19 yards. Like his, you know, his catches were basically, you know, one, two yards down the field. I wouldn't have been surprised to see Kyle Crum play in the third quarter. That's how bad it was. And I don't put the, all of that on Braxton Burmeister, but he was pretty bad in that first half. And it was it was one of those situations where you wondered whether Kyle Crum could actually ignite the offense. Obviously, they did not do that. And obviously, Burmeister came through on that last drive to win the game. But, you know, a couple plays here and there in the first 55 minutes would have made that last drive unnecessary. And really? I think at the end of the day, you know, four, four games into the season, the offense is just I, the sun, I don't see much signs of life so far. I, I think that's fair. Although I, I will say that I think that as bad as the offense has been, I think that the, the running game and how good it's been should not be missed. Um, teams are not respecting the pass, nor should they. Teams are stacking the box. And, and San Diego State was still able to run the football. Um, and so I, I think that that shouldn't be lost. Like you, you, when we say that the offense has been an app, we really should be more specific. And we should say the passing offense because the rushing offense has been really good, like really good. Um, I mean, they had over 200 yards again. It's the reason they won. I think I read somewhere from like the Toledo blade or something like that, talking about a lucky touchdown by Jordan bird. There's nothing lucky about that. It's what he does. He, he, he will break a huge long game. He did two in a row. Um, and then he does a bunch of short ones after that. That's just, that's who he is or before that, you know? Um, so I, I think that, that if we're talking about the whole offense in general, I, I, I don't know necessarily that it's been completely inept because their offense, their rushing office has been so good. Now, then, then, then I think you come to the passing office. I, you know, we were texting about this during the game, but, um, I, I think going to Chrome would have been a mistake, um, just because you just lost Haskell. And you're trying to give some sort of feeling that your team is in control, that, you know, it isn't just this downhill thing, right? I mean, the, the coaching staff, the way they talked about Haskell was was not so much that like the house is on fire, but just as, you know, he he had lost his position in the room and, you know, saw that, saw the writing on the wall and decided to, to transfer. Well, if you bench Burmeister, then that whole idea goes out the window, right? And suddenly the house is on fire and, and um, you know, you kind of, I guess, are admitting or agreeing with where most of the fans see 
the 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 passing game at the moment in the quarterback room. So I, I thought that that sticking with Burmeister was kind of a no brainer, and they were rewarded with that drive. And the question becomes moving forward, like can they build off of that drive? Was there enough there that they can go and say, okay, this is how we can be successful? Because if I'm looking and analyzing what happened, I think what happened on the last drive has been there the whole season, that there has been the short pass and really open underneath, nothing spectacular, little tiny things, and he just hasn't been throwing that ball. If they can, if he can start, if he can do what he did on the last drive and make those easy passes, I think San Diego's passing attack can can turn around pretty quickly. But he hasn't shown the willingness to to just take what the defense has given him. So we'll we'll see what happens against Boise State. I think the pass to Jesse Matthews was uh, a three, like a three or five step drop and throw up from the pocket. But I think the two other passes to Shavers and Shaw on the last drive were getting out of the pocket, improvising. The three runs, obviously, for 46 yards were huge plays. Mm-hmm. But a big part of that is because as long, there was no middle zone on the defense. The linebackers who didn't come rush dropped deep. And I don't know if that's – a lot of people were talking about how just play up-tempo, play no huddle, and that Burmeister is more comfortable that way. And look what he did on the last drive. I would love to say that, that 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 will work and that can work consistently, but I don't think you play against a defense that's dropping so many people so 15, 20 yards down the line of scrimmage in the middle and throughout the game. You know, that's usually predicated at the end of games when teams are trying to keep another team from tying the game or winning the game with less time on the clock. So I don't know. I'd love to say that this that they can build off of that drive and we'll find out on Friday. I'm just not sure whether everything that all of that is sustainable, you know, from the first drive of the game. No, and 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 I definitely don't want to make it seem like I don't want to make it seem like I think that that it's going to solve all the problems. Um, you know, my read on the last drive is I, I didn't see as deep of a drops as you're describing until they got into the red zone. And we're just trying to pack as many people into the end zone as they could. I thought before that um, they played it a little bit closer to how they had been playing the entire game. Everything about San Diego State's offense becomes easier if Burmeister starts to take the easy route that's there, right? Like you, you mentioned the the one to um, you mentioned the the one to Matthews. Well, that was just him going one on one. And he 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 can have that route frequently throughout the game. So why why not give him that run? Um, you know the the it would be interesting to see. I'd have to go back and look at it again about how quickly Burmeister rolled out because I thought that that looked a little bit more closer to it being a designed rollout. You know I think that that's a really smart thing to do with him because it limits the number of things, the number of reads. And it also makes it to where like the defense has to decide, are we going to cover this guy who wants to run? We know he wants to run. And then, and then being able to, to find some tempo there, what it should show him Burmeister is that the running that he wants to do only becomes effective when he is a threat to pass the ball. I mean, to your point, they clearly were playing the pass, right? They, they weren't, they weren't, you know, within five yards of the line of scrimmage. They were clearly paying the pass. 
And that's where his running was dangerous. And as opposed to some of the other stuff where he's seen where he's trying to beat him with his legs where they're not expecting to pass. Or you go back to Idaho State and he had the long touchdown run. And it was because everybody was spread out and then he could run in between there. Um, But I think that those easy passes, if he's willing to take that, that then the other passes that he's been looking at have the potential of being there. Right. If you're throwing short to Jesse Matthews and all of a sudden the cornerback has to play him tighter, then that same cornerback can't be in the middle of the field looking at some of the other places where he's tried to be. You know, I, I know nobody likes to hear this and anything positive for people who are in the camp of, you know, this cannot be fixed. You know, they don't want to hear anything positive about it. But the reality is, this was a step forward for the passing game. You're not going to necessarily see it in yards, but the fact that he threw the ball deep, like he hadn't been doing that. He hadn't been letting the ball go when he sees somebody who's in one-on-one coverage. And, and, and he, I think, I think he has to keep doing that. I think he has to keep testing it because teams are going to be trying to stop the run quick fixes. Absolutely not. No question that, that, but at the same time, then you, the, you, the flip side of it is if you, you ask yourself, how good does the offense have to be in order for this team to be good? And I don't, I don't know that, 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 that they got to set the world on fire. You know what I mean? Well, it has to be better than 73.8 yards per game because that is next to last out of 131 teams in FBS. I think UMass is the 131st, and they got walloped by Toledo. Uh, and San Diego State won. And we that's two. the point. That's the point. They're a different team. Where's Boise State at? Uh, Boise State, passing wise, they're, they're double. They're at 158 yards per game. But total yardage, uh, San Diego State actually is averaging 10 more yards per game total than Boise State, which is kind of staggering. <laughs> but that's because of their 220 rushing Correct. yards per game. Correct. And so I and and so and again, it, it's it's the same old adage that we've talked about, I think, for a long time is, you know, when you when you try to take this objective idea of like, OK, what should a division one offense be? San Diego State's not close to it. But then when you go and you say, OK, you have a really good defense that's starting to round into shape. You have a really good rushing attack that looks like it can carry the load the whole season. How good of a passing game do you need to be to get to that championship level? And and I they the answer could be they might need to double it like they're getting at Boise State. Boise State is scoring more points per game than San Diego State, so it's not necessarily the yardage isn't necessarily always uh, the true test. They're scoring more points. Um, they also they haven't played Utah. Um, they did play Oregon State, which is having a pretty good year. But UTEP, I don't believe, is a very good team. But it's it's interesting to talk about moving to the Boise State game, the parallels between the two teams. Both mm-hmm. are two and two. Mm-hmm. Both were had high expectations, senior quarterbacks, and the offenses have been miserable. <laughs> but the, the the you know each team handled it very differently. You know that Boise State fired Tim Plue or Plow, I don't know how you pronounce it, their offensive coordinator, and they promoted Dirk Cutter, um, who's the offensive analyst, to offensive coordinator. 
they, you know, Andy Avalos has talked about how there that was made because that was the best thing for the team moving forward uh, to clean up kind of the organization of the offense and the and the the game planning. On the flip side, Brady Hoke has not fired anybody. Not that not that you and I are, I think, it's surprised by that, and is looking more of an inward way of everybody everybody just doing a better job of fixing their problems kind of in-house. And it's, it's a, it's a very contra- contrasting way of handling it. And we'll find out, you know, what the right, what the right answer is. Yeah. And I, I think that's exactly right. And I, I went back and looked, tried to find some examples of teams that switched offensive coordinators and during the season, you know, and how that worked out. And, um, you know, Kansas, they've actually done it a few times Auburn did it once and the, just the examples of just, you know, quick Google search of what I could find. And, 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 you know, it, it, if I, if there's a pattern and I don't think there is one, you know, it kind of does well for a, a week or two. And then it just reverts back to it once they get people back on tape, cause it's the same players. Um, so I don't know what, what that means for, for this game necessarily. It, it is interesting. And I think that, you know, when Cutter was brought in as an offensive analyst, I, I want to f- say it was this past offseason. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I think that the message was, we got this guy here, and if you can't figure out how to get the best out of your quarterback, who clearly loves you because he left, right? Um, I'm sure that's why he kept the job. I mean, I'm sure this uh, this would have been made in the offseason, but Bachmeyer was like, no, this is my guy. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, there, there are parallels for sure, but there also are not parallels. I mean, Bachmeyer has been there with, this is his fourth year. And so you going and saying, okay, this is your fourth year in the program, the quarterback play from that one person, not different people and, you know, things of that nature, this one person, it has not improved. And then again, saying what I, I think I didn't finish my idea is that, you know, they brought cutter in to say, listen, this offense needs to improve or this move could be made. I mean, that was my interpretation of it from a distance of it. And it seemed to be proving true. And I, you know, how people want to, you know, handle their teams and things like that it is, it is interesting to see San Diego state has in the complete opposite vein has seemed to, you know, just kind of say, this is who we are and we're going to go with who we are. And, and we're going to, we're going to try to see and make this work. And it's just, it's just interesting that, that those two things would be happening, you know, on Friday, that 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 it's like here you go. This is San Diego State. This is what you wanted, right? Um, and so if if uh, Boise State's offense plays well, I guess that uh, you know I thought you said it well. Like, who is the former head coach, former offensive coordinator, all these places that's sitting on San Diego State staff? I mean, right? Well, think of it this way: Dirk Cutter retired from coaching a year and a half ago from the NFL. Yeah. Like, he, I think his son transferred to Boise State. His son is a tight end for Boise State. And I think he moved to Boise potentially to just to go watch his son play. Right. And I think Andy Avalos might have come to him at, at the end of last season and said, hey, what do you think about joining my staff as an analyst? And Dirk was like, sure, okay. Right. I'm already here. I want to watch my son play. Um, I don't think Dirk anticipated becoming the offensive coordinator, but I think at this point, you're not going to say no as well. But I think there, some of that is a little bit of luck on Boise State's side to have okay, okay, on on their team and Dirk to be there and be like, yeah, sure, 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people mentioned Jeff Horton. Jeff Horton obviously was the offensive coordinator and did play calling for uh, San Diego State. He was a head coach at UNLV, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has that experience, and I don't believe he's ever coached at the NFL level, but not that you need that. Um, but, you know, a lot of people three years ago were ready to ship Jeff Horton out of town for not developing a passing game. Probably the same people, for sure. And so now people are asking for him to come back. It's 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 tough. I did I did want to mention one thing before I forget, and yeah. I was kind of thinking of this uh, during Brady Hoke's Tuesday press conference. I see, uh, and it reminded me a lot about another coach in another sport, Tom Thibodeau. Okay, basketball fans obviously know who he is. He was a coach of the Bulls, my Bulls, for uh, four five years, so I know him well, but. I see a lot of parallels between Tibbs and, and Brady Hoke, and I'll, I'll explain why. Tibbs is regarded as one of the best defensive minds, defensive coaches in, in NBA history, right? What he did, kind of revolutionizing how defenses play the pick and roll about 10 to 15 years ago, icing the pick and roll, sending it baseline, sideline, taking away corner threes, which are the shortest and easiest threes for teams to take. It changed how changed def- how the NBA was played basically. And then he be- and this is and he started that with the Kevin Garnett Celtics where he was an assistant coach and he was basically in charge of defense. Then he becomes the Bulls head coach and the Bulls had the best defense, best record in the league for 2 years. But the Bulls offense was horrendous in those 2 years. They won games because of their defense and because Derrick Rose was so good. But their offense was so antiquated. It was heavily driven on Derrick Rose pretty much having to do everything. No spacing, no shooting on the court. Tibbs would play Ronnie Brewer or Keith Bogans at the end of games instead of Kyle Korver, who's one of the best three-point shooters, because he just wanted more defense. But the reason I bring this up is because Tibbs's whole mantra was, when he would get questioned by media or whatever about how bad the offense was, was the offense is fine. The game plan is fine. We just have to execute better. We just have to do our jobs better, right? And that kind of infuriated all Bulls fans because we knew when the playoffs came, they were going to double-team Derrick Rose and nobody was going to be able to do anything, right? And it was like this really stubborn mantra that the offense, the game plan is fine. It's just everybody has to do their job better. And I, listening to Brady Hoke kind of similarly the last couple of weeks, he's had very similar responses. And I think that's why a lot of people – Look at it and go, well, it hasn't worked. Not only has it not worked, it's been really bad, and you can't expect it to keep working. So I think comparing it to how Boise State handled it versus how San Diego State's handling it, as I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how how the two teams kind of diverge, starting with this Friday night's game. You know, which path worked? Do they both work? Do they neither work? Or does one of them work? So. How do you define works? Well, on the San Diego State side, not being the 130th passing team in FBS. Okay, but you obviously don't mean like 129th. So what 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 would it what what would you say is like a is like a good sign that it's working? Well, I, I believe they were 94th two years ago and somewhere in the 105 range. And so I think it needs to be better than that. 
Uh, see, I, I just, I hate those numbers. I think, I think like no matter what they're going to do the rest of the season, they're going to be horrible in that regard because they have these first four games under their belt. Right. Like I, I think that going and using total offense at this point is like it, then it can never work. Like there's no way the rest of the season can ever work. So given where they actually are, like what would it mean to show that hoax handling and, you know, not firing Hecklinski and not promoting Horton was like the right thing. And it worked. You're right. Total yardage isn't the end all be all. We just explained how Boise state has less total yards, but they score, I think six more points per game than San Diego state third down conversions. Like I think they're 129th out of 131 with 21% third down conversions. It's been that, bad. I, remind me of that in a second because I want to ask you something. It's kind of an interesting. That topic. needs to improve because guess they're one for 12 against Toledo on third down conversion. Brutal. Completely. If they brutal. were three of 12 or four of 12, they probably win that game 10 0. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And, 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 and again, I mean, to expect their, their defense to be perfect. Cause obviously I think you can also say, well, if Caden McDonald doesn't line up in the neutral zone and yeah. they, they're forced to punt same yeah. thing. Right. Um, I mean, so, so I, you know, I agree with you. I, and, and it's, it's just talking about the third down. I've been replaying that. I, this, this, the, um, there was a series where they got to 10, zero, seven, zero. They got like first down inside of Toledo's 40. They run the ball three times. It's third and six, and they run the ball. They lose four yards, right? And I was thinking, gosh, is that conservative play? And then in in the traditional sense, absolutely, that's the traditional. That's the conservative. It was seven nothing. It was seven nothing, but they got ten nothing on that drive. Right. And and um and I was thinking, man, is that conservative play calling? And then I thought, well, you have one side of the ball that's averaging six yards a carry. <laughs> You have another one that when you actually make a completion is averaging three, maybe running the ball is the aggressive move there. You know what I mean? Just based off of of who they were. And then, of course, Browning makes them look like geniuses and they then they kick the field goal. And that's the difference in the game. Being clear about what is what does it mean for them to. Be better, I think, I think is an important conversation. I think you can make an argument for Boise State that you get this new quarterback in and that this new quarterback becomes really, really good by the end of the year, even if your record isn't great. And that's a win for them. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I would have a hard time believing that this quarterback's going to come in and it's just going to be wildly better than a guy who's, you know, been there for whatever, like you watch them play and yeah, he's getting beat up. Bachmeyer was getting beat up. Um, and maybe this guy's able to run away from some more, some, some guys, maybe to absorb some contact cause he's bigger, but that, that, that is still the question that I'm, I'm still just racking my brain about like, okay, so th- there's, there's enough people in the fan base who it, it's already a loss, right? Like there's no improvement. The only improvement that could ever happen is Hecklinski does not have his job. Like that's the only improvement and any, and it's like, you know, I mean, that's been my funnest part about being on social media and stuff like that. It's it doesn't matter what we're talking about. Somebody was to interject, fire the offensive coordinator, right? Like that's just going back to your point about like not like last week about not being respectful, things like that. <clears throat> but short of that, like what would it mean for San Diego State to 
be successful giving, given the choice to not switch court, not such coordinators right now. And I, I think it does come down to winning um, as, as weird. And, you know, people, people like style points and all that stuff. I think it comes down to winning. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's interesting. The difference between Boise state and San Diego state is San Diego state's coming off a win against yeah. a much better football team. Um, Boise State's coming off of a, a loss. I think that's that's what it is. I mean, if San Diego State does not make a bowl, they don't compete for a Mountain West championship. Um, teams like UNLV clearly pass them. Then I think you know you start saying, "Hey, this wasn't the best decision." But if they're able to compete for a Mountain uh, Mountain West championship, I think that's what they're looking for. I think that's what they're aiming for. And you know, there's going to be a portion of the fan base who are never going to be satisfied with anything short of a complete remake of the offense. Um, and I'm not here to say that they're right or wrong, but trying to just give the decision of saying, we're going to stick with this offensive staff. And what does it mean for that decision to be proven? Right. And I think that's what it is. I think they have to compete for a mountain West championship. They have to be right there at the end. Um, and, and if they're not, then I think that anybody would have a great argument that that they made the wrong call. It, it's kind of interesting. You know, a, a reflection point in the season could come in two weeks. You know, you got at Boise State and then you're at home at Hawaii and then you got a bye week, right? I, I, we've all, we both talked about, you know, firing an offensive coordinator and bringing a new person in in the middle of the season is difficult and typically doesn't work. You showed some examples where it does, and we'll see how Boise State does. But in two weeks, you know, if they've lost, if they lose to Boise State, they lose to Hawaii, or they win one of those two, and the pass offense is still as poor as it, it is as we sit here, that bye week could give an, an opportunity where I, I still don't think Brady Hoke's going to fire anybody in the middle of the season, but that could be an opportunity where you, you, you know, strip play calling duties and give it to somebody else on the staff who may have prior experience like a Jeff Horton. I'm not saying it's going to, I still don't think it's an, it's likely knowing Brady Hoke, but I do think two weeks from now, as we sit here and we do our podcast heading into the bye week or maybe after the Hawaii game, it'll be interesting to see if there's, based on how the offense is done in these last next two games, where Brady Hope wants to go with that. I, that bye week is going to be that opportunity if he doesn't want to tweak anything or change anything, that that's the best week to do it because you have more time to adjust, I guess, going into your last six games of the season. No, and I, I agree. And, and and I was just thinking about, you were talking about the, the parallels between B, um, Boise State and um, San Diego State. And I think another, just an interesting idea that, you know, I guess Boise state is picked to win the division. They're picked to be in the yeah. championship game too. And so I guess that, that and thinking it through talking it out loud with you, I think maybe that's the answer, right? If Boise state is not competing for a mountain West championship and San Diego state is not competing for a mountain West championship, but these two teams don't have like at least the threat of them having to have a rematch at the end of the year, um, whichever team does not make it to that level I guess the other one is proved more correct for their, their situation because anything short of that, like I, I put, like I said earlier, their quarterback, you know, 
getting better and setting them up for future years. I'm like, no, no, that's, that's, that's a different kind of team. That's not where San Diego state is. That's not where Boise state is. They're, they're not, they're not those kind of teams. They're, they're championship teams that should be leading the mountain West because, you know, throughout their roster, they still have some of the best players, you know, throughout. And, and I think looking at this matchup a little bit more specifically, I think that San Diego state should have a pretty big advantage with the way that their defensive line and defensive front has been playing and Boise States has, has not been playing well. Um, and so I think that that's going to be, um, you know, really interesting to see if they're going to be able to, to keep this uh, green young guy in the pocket, you know, if he's going to be able to throw the ball accurately, would it would expect them to, to with a young guy, it's usually that way. Um, take some shots deep, try to see if you can instill some confidence in some throws that aren't super dangerous. Offensively, I think San Diego State is going to, they're going to see a defense that is going to dare them to to beat them one-on-one on the outside. You know, until San Diego State can have any semblance of proving that they can do it, um, trying to bottle up the running game is is absolutely the smartest plan of attack. Yeah, I mean Boise State is still favored with a with a new offensive coordinator and a redshirt freshman taking over as quarterback. They're favored by six. The over under is thirty nine, which is crazy low. Yeah, it's crazy low. I'm thinking. Okay, so there's but, a twenty to nineteen. Twenty nineteen, and and you would think, oh yeah, easy. This is going to go over forty, but I don't. I don't know. St- looking at looking at this matchup, it's going to be hard for the offenses to generate a ton, a lot of first downs and a lot of third down conversions. It's going to become this. It's ultimately going to come out to big plays. Who's going to get the turnovers? Who can make special teams, big plays? And who's going to, you know, bust the coverage and give up a big play? Because I don't think you're not going to see the offenses consistently going down the field, converting third downs on long drives. I, I just, I don't see that heading into the way the teams are coming into this game. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's a it's a different way to say the same thing, but I think it's a field position game, right? It's and 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 that's what I mean. You know, for for all you want to go and you want to say, okay, the offense didn't do this. Off, San Diego State dominated field position. The reason it should have been a blowout is because they crushed Toledo when it came to to where they 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 had the starting field position versus Toledo starting field position, and so I think that's going to be another really big part, like the, the team that's able to catch a few, field a punt and bring it up for 10 yards, you know, um, the team that where the ball doesn't roll into the end zone, the team that, I mean, I think those, those kinds of things are going to, are going to be very, very helpful. And, you know, I, it's one of those things where maybe, maybe, maybe this is, I mean, it's just, it's just, it, it, I have a very difficult time thinking that, the guy who threw for 2,600 yards at Virginia tech last year is really a 70 yard per game kind of guy. Um, I, I have a real big challenge with that. Um, I made a perf, I made an, I made a, an attempt last game to pay attention to the receivers last, last, last game, as opposed to, you know, watching more of the backfield in the games before there were a lot of open receivers, man. There were a lot of open receivers and and being able to either either not either throw to the wrong guy or throw inaccurately to the right person. Um, I you know, I think in the in the 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 article that I wrote with my grades, 
you know, just detailing how open Mark Redman was. And I mean, he was break, you break one tackle and he might score. I mean, he was so open on that play. It's honestly like, you know, a, a good quarterback misses that play. That does happen at times, you know, it's those kind of plays that if they can find them against Boise state that, you know, they're not, they're not really challenging plays. They shouldn't be challenging plays. Like he had a clean pocket. He threw it at the right time. He just locked in on the wrong guy. And if he threw it at the exact same time with the exact same pocket, you know, we're not talking about a 60 yard game. We're talking about, you know, that was 20 yards downfield. And we're talking about the run after the catch. And we're like, Oh man, you remember that one play to, to Mark Redmond? That was really good. And, and then that no interceptions by, by Burmeister, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and maybe there's, there's those positive things. And so I, I, I obviously thought it would come sooner than it has, but I just, I, I, it, I, it, that's just something I don't understand, right? Like how somebody could be in the ACC, do a really good job, have every one of their media and their coaches talk about, oh man, he's coming back. And then to just be this poor through four games. I just think he can be better. And and I think that, you know, for the Aztecs, especially the starting conference play, they need him to be better. And, and I think that there is a, there's, there's a lot left for Braxton Burmeister, um, you know, to, to be able to play for and, and to be able to show. He, he passed for 1960 yards last year over 12 games. Oh, so I, I included the rushing yards. Yeah. But he had 14 touchdowns before I get into my three keys. Just wanted to talk about Jack Browning. He obviously was good, you know, after you're on social media, you know, he got put on scholarship on Sunday after practice. Well-deserved. I think, you know, if people read my special teams preview article before the season started, they would think that special teams, especially the kicking, was going to be horrendous this year. Yeah. Obviously, I was wrong about that one. And I'm glad. I don't think I you were wrong. I think we, you just, you listen, you listen to, to, you. I mean, that's what the coach told us. I'm 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 happy that my grades have have shown to be incorrect because Browning has been phenomenal. Yep. You know, hasn't missed a field goal, hasn't missed an extra point, made a 50 yarder. Um, the his punting in uh, the amount of times he's had inside the 20, inside the 10 have been phenomenal. So happy for Jack to get a scholarship. You know, the the the, the team was really happy. They I think they put him on their shoulders and in practice. So stuff like that is cool to see. Um, I know last year, uh, BJ Busby and Seguna Luby got um, scholarships, mm-hmm. but I don't think they posted a video of that. I think Brady Hope talked about the scene in the locker room, but no video. So it's cool to see them post a video because I don't, I can't remember the last time they posted San Diego State has posted a video of when someone got a scholarship just to show that kind of hoopla and that excitement. So that was kind of cool. I agree. I thought it was very, very cool. And I think, um, I think it's important too because that's what their program has been built on. You know, it's been built on guys like Devon Celestine, right? Who sacrificed everything for being able to 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 do whatever and and um to be able to to make an impact on the team and then and then to be rewarded. You know, I just think it's it's a it's a important thing. So um congratulations to Jack and he has absolutely been just like sensational this year. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, my three keys, 
to beating Boise State, number one, win the first quarter. Uh, before the Toledo game, San Diego State had gone seven games without being the team that scored first, and they were four and three in those games. Finally, Toledo, they did score first, and they came back on one, so that was that was good. Uh, playing on the road in a hostile environment, obviously the Boise fans are have not had a good week themselves. They're concerned about the offense. I think getting off the San Diego State getting off to a good start quieting the crowd, maybe adding more doubt into the team and the fan base is, I think, going to be crucial to, to winning this game. Number two, winning the turnover battle. It's it's obviously you can say this about every game, but Boise State's only forced four turnovers this year. San Diego State just forced four against Toledo. I think, field, as you talked about, field position, you win field position by generating first downs on third downs and then turnovers. And I think Winning the turnover battle is going to be crucial, especially on the road. And then number three, making at least six explosive plays. Now, they, Boise State has a definition for their explosive plays of 12-plus yards on a run or 15-plus yards on a pass. And their two losses, they've given up 17 of those. And their two wins, they've given up a combined five. So San Diego State can get six of those. Running can be easy. The passing... Getting 15 plus passing yards might be might be the challenge, uh, considering I think their longest pass is still 18 yards. We talked about that last week. Um, so if they can get at least six of those explosive plays, uh, that should help them put at least some points on the board, generate time of possession, first downs, and hopefully uh, win the game. Any last thoughts? No, I, I think those are all three great points. I think another really interesting you know, just dynamic of all of this. Um, their quarterback, Bachmeyer, who who left, he got hurt before the UTEP game. And as he was still down on the field, Green came out into the came out to replace him. And the Boise State fans went crazy cheering, which prompted some of the players to say, Hey, we don't boo guy, we don't cheer and make it be about you know, when somebody else is injured, no matter what anybody feels and thinks. And so I think that gives credence to more credence to the idea that you were talking about, about how energized this fan base is going to be. I think they're going to be very, very excited about facing about the new quarterback, new offensive coordinator. And, um, you know, San Diego state and Boise state has turned into a little bit of a rivalry. Um, definitely one of one of the the closest ones because these have been you know some of the better teams physical game yeah, I, I I think everything that you said with, that you said was really really good that should be a fun game on, on Friday if, if you know you like tough physical football absolutely all right that's gonna do it for us hope you guys enjoyed this episode and got you guys ready for the Boise game on Friday night. Remember, it's a five o'clock start, so it's a it's an early Friday night start uh, for those of you who aren't used to Friday games. So make sure to check in. It's on Fox Sports One, uh, and we will talk to you guys next time. You are listening to the SDSU Football Podcast, presented by the East Village Times, with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison.